This episode of the Brunch and Slay podcast was brought to you by the Brand Launch Society. Confidence contributes immensely to the performance of every business. Join the Brand Launch Society today. Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. Welcome back. It's Amira, and I want to say a huge thank you to all you new folks, you first-time listeners. Thank you for joining today's episode and for listening in. Go ahead and go back and binge, binge, binge all the craziness and beautiful, inspirational thoughts and contributors that we've had on past shows. So I can't thank you enough. For those of you guys who tune in every week and who share, who review, you know I love you. So keep it up. Don't stop. Get it, get it. (laughs) So this week, we are in for a real treat. We have a self-love aficionado. She's a yogi, so you know she's practicing the Zen that I know and love. Uh, She's a speaker, an author, a producer, and soon to be the uh, releasing Go Love Yourself, Miss Heather Reinhardt. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good, good. Happy to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. So, of course, I just went down, you know, your accolades, and 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 that's just the tip of the iceberg. But for those folks who haven't had the pleasure of knowing who Miss Heather is, please tell us a little bit about your backstory. Oh goodness, where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) I'm born and raised in Atlanta. But I found myself in Los Angeles about 10 years ago and haven't left since. Um, I'm a yogi. I really do practice the actual physical part of yoga, but more importantly, the mental part, which has completely changed my life, and I cannot advocate it more. Um, I do a little bit of writing, a little bit of speaking, a little bit of changing the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but my new thing is teaching mostly women because women seems to be the one that, that need to learn the lesson the most because um, we are the ones that are going to change the world, um, how to love themselves. That is something that I certainly did not know how to do 10 years ago, and it is something that I have stepped into over the last decade, really so much in the last three to four years is when I... Um, really kind of learn the tools of what it meant to love yourself. And I realized that if more people knew this, the world would be a totally different place. Right, right. So now you have a ton, you just named off all the hats you're wearing. How on earth do you keep your house in order? I don't know. (laughs) Some days I don't. Honestly, yes, I love it. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, you know, the thing is when you have a gift, you typically don't just get one, you know? So how do you... I guess, do you just prioritize by what's due next or what's coming out next? How are you able to really truly get those things done? I mean, like you're not just dabbling in these things. You're actually completing books. You're actually producing things. You're actually reaching out and talking about and creating this self-love movement. How are you able to just get those things to the the finish line, basically? (laughs) It is a prioritizing each step, step by step. Um, Some days, honestly, I have to take a break. 
I'll wake up and think I'm going to get stiff stuff done. And then all of a sudden it's 9am and I'm like, you know what, I'm going back to bed for two hours. And sometimes those days are the most powerful because I'll wake up again, refreshed and be like, okay, now I can conquer whatever I need to conquer. And I think that if more people allowed themselves to take those little breaks, they would get more stuff accomplished. I agree. I think sometimes we, because of life, we have, it's driven by deadlines and busy work and priorities like taking care of your family or working or whatever the case may be. A lot of times we forget maybe even a cat nap in your car on your lunch break instead of going out with those coworkers. Uh, 30 minutes, sometimes just all, that's all it takes. Cause I, I will do that in the mid afternoon if I'm having a rough patch and I know, you know, when you're spinning your wheels, you're not getting anything done anyway. <laughs> It's the worst. And then you don't feel great about it. You feel like you haven't accomplished anything and it's, you get caught in that little cycle of negativity and that doesn't serve anybody. Oh yeah. You must be in my head. (laughs) (laughs) And then another thing that I really had to work on the last couple of years, which is part of my own self-love is discipline. Mm. I knew that I had these stories to write and tell and share with the world, but nobody was going to sit down and write them, write them except me. So I had to create a schedule that worked for me along with, you know, my jobs that pay my bills. Um, But I had to make sure that I was eating really well, as organically as possible, cutting out things like cake and sugar. And because I I love cake, I'll make a cake like every day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've also in my journey, I've lost 60 pounds over the last decade. So I have a whole uh, food and wellness uh, health and wellness thing with food as well. Um, but discipline to me, I had to learn how to treat my body with the proper foods. So that way I would wake up feeling great so that I could use my hours correctly in my day. And then I had to start incorporating a workout. Luckily I found yoga and also Pilates. Pilates has been a game changer. Um, so that got my endorphins up and changed my body shape. And I just really focused on the discipline of creating the best day that I possibly could day after day after day. And again, some days ended up with a nap, but that's totally okay. (laughs) But um, a big thing for me was I said no to a lot of social events, especially Mm. when I was in the writing cave. I, I mean, if it was a really close friend's birthday, of course I'd make something happen. But if it was a party on like say a Thursday night and it was at a bar, I'd say, you know what? This actually doesn't serve me to go out like this right now. How about I take you to brunch on Saturday instead? So I got really strict on that. And a lot of my friends were super respectful of it. And then a lot were kind of like, what's going on? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to become somebody else right now. I'm trying to become the vision that I want to become. And I just don't see myself getting there by partying on a Thursday night or partying even on a Saturday night. I cut out a lot of, um, the social activities. I don't really drink much anymore because I found that I felt awful when I was drinking and I couldn't get my work done. Oh yeah. Now you just said something that I know I practice and, and I mean, I don't even know if you realize the hot button that that is when you are really laser focused on accomplishing your dreams and being the best you and the person you're intended to be. A lot of times you do have to, number one, you're putting yourself first and people aren't used to that, especially not from women. They're used to us because we've showed them that we can do it all at the same time. Um, And you can't give everybody 100% or everything 100% at the same time. So we've spread ourselves too thin. We're lethargic. That's why we have heart disease and all these other ailments that we shouldn't have because we hadn't practiced that self-care by saying, you know what? 
I love you, friend, cousin, mom, dad, whomever. But right now, I'm focused on being the best me. And that means I'm going to be in my little back cave ironing it out, figuring out what works for me. And I love you and I'll be there for you. But right now I have to make prioritize my life. And that is major. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. That's and then major. there are definitely people that just don't get it and that's okay. They're on a different path, a different journey. And uh, you just keep trucking forward. Oh yeah, you do. You do. But you know, that's something I totally identify with, especially at this phase in my life. And I, I hope that you know, everybody goes out and grabs, go love yourself, because I'm sure you're going to dabble in that a, a lot more. But I think there is a movement going on, kind of like what you talked about in the beginning about women changing the world. I think we are realizing a little bit more. I think, okay, this is what I think happened. I think when women returned to the workforce way back in World War II, and we changed the dynamic of the house hold. We didn't relinquish the duties that we had taken on by being stay-at-home moms and, and, and in that space. So we continued to take on the full-time job of being homemakers and having a career, which never, we should have shut that down a long time ago. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So when that happened, we made the world think we, we, you know, that we were invincible and it has plagued us and really pigeon held us. And now we're realizing, guess what? We have things called housekeepers and nannies and outsourcing all types. You can even do, what's the name of that grocery company? Well, not even just Amazon. I love Amazon. Yes. Instacart and, and all these yeah. delivery services. Yeah. yeah. Utilize technology. And those are probably powered by women anyway. So call that Uber, return those emails on the way to that brunch, you know, multitask, figure it out, but use it. And because of that, we are coming into a, the great awakening. I keep telling people I, in history, in the future, when kids learn something about this time in history, it's going to be called something like, you, you know, when we were younger, you study the Harlem Renaissance, you study the uh, in, industrial boom, different things of that nature. This is going to be called something uh, for women because there is a great awakening right now. And if you don't see it, you need to get on the bus. <laughs> That's a good point. There definitely will be a name. Yeah, huh. yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but you're so right. You should create the name now and, and you know, get it out there. <laughs> you know what? You're on to something, girl. I like that. <laughs> Just go ahead and like speak it into the world. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. No, but I, I believe that. And I love it because I feel like it's not this just that we're game changers or world changers. We are connectors as women and we make everything the social norm. So the more of us who continue to connect like you and I are connecting, um, who continue to use our resources to figure out how we can connect those resources to make our life easier, the better off we're all going to be. So we are actually so truly building and winning right now just by even starting the conversation. So I know you have lots of stuff going on. And right now you have something called uh, Women of Grit Brunch. What is that? My friend Jen created Women of Grit, which is a local Los Angeles uh, once a month gathering, kind of similar to Brunch and Slay. And she started it just a few months back. I think November of 2017 was her first go at it. She sold out. All these amazing women came. We chatted. We had a special guest who did a talk on faith. And it, it, it's just amazing. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing a handful of these women's groups pop up 
it's amazing that that's happening because this is contributing to that movement as well. So Jen asked me if I would speak at her brunch coming up in April. It'll be at Cafe Gratitude in Los Angeles. And if you're not familiar with that, it is one of the most epic restaurants of all time. Mm. Everything on the menu is an affirmation. So order, like I think the veggie burger is called the magical and you order it as I am magical. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm all about it because I love affirmations and I love the positivity of things. However, I did take my my dad there once and he was kind of like a little skeptical. (laughs) <laughs> little like, I don't get it. Can I just get the guacamole? <laughs> it's so California though, but I love it. I, I really do. You know, I don't think I, it's, it's a little thing. People think whenever you speak of affirmation it has to be this grand procedure. You have to have all this, you know, the candles lit. You literally can just say, no, not today, Amira. Get out of your feelings and keep it moving. Like it doesn't have to be. Totally. You know, but I love that. That is so cute. I'm gonna have to put that on my list for the next time I'm in LA and make sure I stop by. Maybe we can go and have lunch there. Of course, I would love to. It's it's super cute. <laughs> so I love that you brought up, you know, that your friend has this new movement and I've seen so many and I just wonder, and this is a little bit off topic, so I hope that you're not taken off guard and you're comfortable with answering it, but Go I ahead. see a bit of segregation. When I see these brunches and I see these women coming together, there are very few that are really multicultural. And I mean that not on trend. I mean, truly, I don't understand why it's so segregated. Have you noticed that? Actually, with Jen's Women of Grit, she is Latino, so she actually draws a lot of Latino girls, but then I myself, I am just straight up Caucasian. Like, there is <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing very ethnic about me, so I just call myself the white girl from the South that just happens to love everybody. Um, and I, I end up in a lot of places with a lot of different ethnicities around just because I've got a very big pull for different kinds of cultures especially, I mean, let's get real, especially with food. (laughs) I want to try every culture's food. Um, So I haven't necessarily experienced that a lot. And it could be that I'm in LA and a a little bit more, everything's a little bit more diverse here, I think. Yeah, I say so. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely Um, a diverse spot of America for sure. But if I went back to Atlanta, I know I would experience that. For so basically, sure. we all need to do a great migration. No. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> that because I know that's something that people ask me about. I think I try my best to not even just try my best. I think different cultures are attracted to me. I mean, look, we're talking right now. And I think that that's something too. I just wonder why a lot of times, I don't know if that's just a Southern thing to a certain extent, but I I don't know. And I don't know if a lot of people are just more comfortable with what they see every day. It could be it, but I want to make sure that we let people know that, hey, when we say women are changing the world, we mean all of us. We, we can't afford to have segregation. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would probably say that even more so women of color and of an ethnicity have even more of an advantage to change because there's just more to change. You know, I, it, you, I, obviously I don't have experience coming from anywhere in this because I have lived a very like I said, just like very Caucasian life, but you guys have a lot more to contribute than I do in, in that topic Mm -hmm. for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to, and I don't think every event we do or things that we have to do have to have a conversation about color. I'm just looking forward to watching us mesh together more, even culturally. I don't think it's just, when I say segregated, I don't mean just black and white. I mean, even, you know, segregated between Latinos and African Americans. I want us all in the same room, having, connecting and thriving together. Um, I think, I think that's it's truly important. And I think those, if you're listening now and you host events, I think you should make it your business to make sure that you're reaching out to people and, and getting a different representation in the room in all aspects. I think it's, I think it's important. And I don't mean one or two for a photo op. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, because all of us have so many commonalities. We're all the same. We're all we the same. We really, really are when it comes down to it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now that you are an author and you are in this realm, I'd love to know what books have really played a role in influencing you and really kind of helping push you. Because you, you've talked a lot about transition from losing weight to changing your mental space, changing who you're surrounded with. Were there any books that kind of ushered that into your life? So many books. Um, Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Loved her. So funny thing is that my mom had a copy of this book my entire childhood. So it's set on our bookshelf pretty much my whole life. I didn't ever really look at it till, I don't know, the last, we'll say eight years or so. And then my mom ended up buying me a copy and sending me one. And I just thought it so funny that it was there the entire time. And I didn't even know. <laughs> I'm going to have to read them. I really love her and I love Hay House. Um, they really are conscious about what they put out in the atmosphere and into this world. If you haven't heard of, you know, Hay House, you should definitely Google them and Google some of their authors. I know I love Rebecca Campbell's um, Light is the New Black. That's under Hay House. Um, I haven't I read Lathan that many. I heard it was great, though. Oh, it is. It is. And Lathan Thomas's new book, I can't think of it. It's close. Oh, God, forgive me. I'll put it in the notes. But yeah, that's another good one. So if you're all about the vibe and energy and super controlling your space and your mental path, Hay House is always going to get, get you right. A hundred percent agreed. Another, <laughs> another book that really got to me was Eat, Pray, Love. Um, I wanted to go on a similar journey that she did, Elizabeth Gilbert. And I did to some degree. I broke up with a boyfriend. I put everything I owned in storage. And then I nomaded around Los Angeles for nine months because I didn't necessarily have the time and space to leave the country like she did. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, I did end up house sitting and pet sitting and subletting from all these amazing houses. So it turns out in the yoga community, because I was really heavily inundated doing yoga at that time period, a lot of people go to India and they have a cat that they need taken care of. And then you end up at their house for six weeks with their cat and... <laughs> a view of the ocean <laughs> well life is good okay life is good so I did my own eat pray love in LA and um, I do write about this and it's it was such a journey because it's so that is so out of my personality mm -hmm. I'm a cancer sun sign so I want to be at my home in my kitchen cooking a big meal for my family and like that's that's it for me like that's life right, right. so for me to say consciously I'm going to go on an adventure where I don't have a house was totally mind blowing. And I think a lot of my friends were like, what are you doing? And then they 
came and saw the houses that I were I were in, and they were like, okay, now we see. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I really I, I haven't read Eat, Pray, Love. I'm not gonna lie. I did see the movie. I do love Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, Big Magic. I'm a huge fan of. Yes. Uh, yes, but um. I just kind of wonder, I, I think that's a great thing that you got uncomfortable in your own city. I think that's something that people could explore. A lot of times, especially now with Airbnb, my goodness, you, you can do a lot. <laughs> that's so true. I think I, start, I did this journey probably right as Airbnb was becoming a thing. Okay. I didn't do any Airbnb. I would do it now, though. Actually, so now- I'm getting ready to do it again. I'm going to oh. put stuff in storage in a couple of months and... Um, a family that I work with, they have a house up in Malibu and they travel during the summertime. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to move out of my apartment because my apartment has been, so I've been there for three years. Yeah. I moved into this place that I'm in now, um, right after doing my nine months on the road. I call it my rebirth because it was literally nine months. And I started writing in this, in this apartment. I started, to learn to love myself. Actually, a cute little story. Um, when I first moved in, I went and bought myself a really fancy little candle because that's just one of my little rituals that I do for myself because candles are my heaven. I love that like the, the more expensive, the better because I just love the fragrance and, and the way that it gets into the entire room. So that's the, that, that is where I splurge my money on candles. I can totally relate to that. <laughs> And um, I open up the little box and the top of the lid says, love yourself. And this is right as I moved into my apartment and I cut open the box and saved it and put that up on my vision board. And then it dawned on me a few weeks ago that this is the apartment that I learned to love myself in and create the writing and the content and everything is about loving myself. And now I'm ready for the next phase, which is publishing and producing and getting together with the right man and getting everything up to the next level. And I realized, okay, it's time for me to move from this space because this space has been the go love yourself apartment. So I'm getting ready to move again. It'll be fun. (laughs) This episode has been brought to you by the Brand Launch Society. Listen up, Chicago. This one's just for you. If you're like me and most of the world, at some point in your life, someone you know and love and hold dear to you has been affected by cancer. I'm asking you to answer the call and nominate a cancer survivor or someone who's fighting the good fight to join Audrey Woodley for the third annual Beauty for a Cause Legacy Brunch. Audrey created the Legacy Brunch after witnessing firsthand the effects of cancer on her family and after knowing what it can do to the ones you love. She created this event for Chicago natives in order to uplift the spirits and shine a light on those fighting the fight and survivors all across the city. Nominate the one who you love by emailing Audrey at info at AudreyLWoodley.com or give her a call at 773-309-1047. Those of you in the beauty industry who want to help participate in this event and help the honorees by lifting their spirits, reach out to Audrey and email her at info at AudreyLWoodley.com or give her a call at 773-309-1047. And now back to Brunch and Slay. Well, I love that idea. I think that literally your journey is one that, number one, you, you just basically said it. You stopped, you took some time to reflect, you 
got your headspace right before you even thought about adding somebody else to the mix, which I love. Most times oh, we, yeah. <laughs> we don't recognize that we need a little self-work. So what would you say to the woman you were before your rebirth? Like what advice would you pass on to her? That it's going to be okay. <laughs> and that it's going to be really fun and that you're going to have so many coincidences along the way. And they're actually not coincidences. They're signs that are pointing you along the path. So what, what, what do you see yourself? Like, what's your big goal right now? Something that you can share. What, in this chapter, you're about to go spend a beautiful summer on the Malibu. Oh my God. I know. Oh. I know. Right. <laughs> my husband and I, when, um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, we had planned this epic go out with a bang trip before I got pregnant. It was like, um, all the West coast. So we had California, Washington, another state, what other state? I don't remember. Anyway, we had this, all these cute little stops and turned out I got pregnant right before the trip. But the first stop was Newport beach mm. and uh, Malibu. And that was one of the most amazing trips for me with the water and the beauty and the PCH. Is that it? Yeah. PCH. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that trip. So I'm a little jelly that you're going to be spending. <laughs> Not really. I'm happy for you. I think that's awesome. I can just about imagine the creativity that's going to come from you from being that close to the water for that. That's, so. that's honestly, that's why I'm so excited. And when this opportunity presented itself, I wasn't necessarily looking to move. There was nothing that was like, oh, you need to move. It just was this feeling of it's time to move because there's something magical about the energy of shifting your life on a physical level and then also with the spiritual level. And it's like, well, if I want to produce things and get out of this level that I'm, or not get out of, but, you know, rise up to the next level, I have to physically move. Mm -hmm. um, so when the opportunity presented itself to go to Malibu for the summer, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this because I'm at this place in my life where I can and it just makes sense and I'll be able to get in this cute little house see the ocean and write for three months every day. I'm so excited. <laughs> As you should be. What a gift. I mean, you, you definitely are uh, tuned into Elizabeth. I bet you. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. And, uh, there's, there's quite a few creatives who do that, and especially writers. I see that a lot. And I think there's something, there's something to it. So, Miss Missy, Give me a hashtag that describes you like your current self. What's your hashtag? I've been working a lot with live your best life. I love it. Because in every aspect. Right? In every aspect. And I think that a lot of people look at social media as this wonderful place to judge one another and compare things. And it can be a real... It can be a real uh, crazy place to be, but I really want people to know that live your best life doesn't necessarily mean all these wonderful things. Live your best life means balancing your checkbook and putting a budget together so that you have money at the end of the day and you didn't overspend. Live your best life also means that sometimes you need to cry and break down so you can break through. And I find that that needs to be discussed in these topics of self-love and self-care and self-worth because that is kind of where the gold is even though it's scary to go there but that's that's where the the breakdown the breakthrough is everything to me I love and that saying it's great right yeah I uh, I've had a handful over the last few years and I, I do write about them and 
I now I'm at a point where I feel like I can know when they're coming on because they're just little trigger signs in my feelings and my emotions where I'm like, Ooh, do I need to cry about this? Yeah, <laughs> maybe I do need to cry about this. And then I let it come out and then I realize, okay, that just needed to be released. I'm over it. I've moved on and now I can, can move forward. It's kind of like taking a step back so you can take a huge leap forward. Oh and uh, there's so many wonderful things about having a breakdown. And, and I, mean, I, think, I think a lot of people think breakdowns are like these crazy psychotic episodes where your family members are driving, <laughs> driving you to the, to the emergency room or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not really talking about that. I mean, that is its own form of breakdown for sure. But I'm talking about all of a sudden when you just can't go on in that moment and you've got all this weight on top of your shoulders, whether it's work, family, uh, friends, whatever it is, just daily life is just sitting really heavy on you and you need to just purge it off of you. And whether that, for me, it's crying because I'll, I can cry at everything, <laughs> happy and sad. Other people might need to take it out in a, in cardio and aggressive exercise. Um, I know one of my best friends, Hunter, he ends up going on a run when he's really frustrated. Like that's his, that's his go-to where when I'm really frustrated, you usually find me in a bathtub with just like tears adding to the water, but, <laughs> but they're holy tears because they need to happen to cleanse myself. Yeah. And you got to find, you got to find what your space is, like what's your thing and use it often, whatever it is, use it often and don't make any, don't be apologetic about it. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I agree. So you can brunch with anyone in the world this Saturday, dead or alive. Who are you brunching with? That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to say Scooter Braun and his wife, Yale. Okay, tell us about Scooter and Yale. Scooter Braun is the, the man who found Justin Bieber and is his manager. He created this incredible business and brand, and now he's a producer. And I just honor both of them so much and I can't wait to meet them. I actually, I have met Scooter a handful of times, but very casual, um, you know, in passing at events, but I, I want to be like at their table and his wife has this, uh, charity. It's the F word F cancer <laughs> ah. and she's extremely wonderful as well, where she's going around helping people teach their parents to look for signs of cancer. It's kind of like the opposite of having the sex talk. It's like the kids need to have the cancer talk with their parents. So I just look at these two and I'm like, okay, they're, they're living their lives. They're spreading messages of positivity and, and changing the world. I need to be at their brunch table. <laughs> I love it. So what area of your life are you currently slaying without a doubt? Where am I slaying? I am slaying probably self-care. I've been sleeping in a lot lately. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> it's funny because I am not slaying my workout right now. And I keep on saying every day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go today. I'm going to go today. And then today happens and I don't go. So instead I sleep, but that is another form of, of self-care. So, yeah. I mean, I see a lot of late nights and early mornings in your future as you're inspired and writing. So you're probably just stocking up. <laughs> I love that. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. I also started uh, the book, The Lotus and the Lily, which is a 30-day practice um, soul writing. So you do it, 
you, you read the little prompt for the day and then you write about the things that come up for you. And actually right before I started the book in the prologue, it said, you might need, you might find that you'll be sleeping more because you're internally digesting information while you're doing this. I'm like, oh, that is kind of what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll definitely have to look that one up too. So where can people find you and how can they support you? You can find me online always. My website is heather-reinhardt.com. And I actually have the first two chapters of Go Love Yourself up on my site for free. So love everybody to check that out. And then I'm at, at Heather Reinhardt on Insta. All right. So thank you so much, Heather. It's definitely been a nice time talking with you. I love your energy. I can't wait to connect face to face. And uh, you guys definitely support Heather. Go ahead and get on Amazon, wherever books are sold and pre-order and get ready to have go, uh, go love yourself. So I'm looking forward to reading it myself. I will send you a copy. <laughs> oh, see, asking you shall have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. So thank you so much, Heather. Thank you for having me. And for you guys at home who are loving the show, loving all this good zen that we're giving you today, go ahead and scroll on down and write a review and give us a five-star rating. That's how we grow and get in front of other like-minded women just like yourself and continue to slay and brunch with you through the airwaves and through your earbuds. So until next time, I'm Amira and this is Brunch and Slay. Brunch and Slay.